This is Weird Shit That My Mom Says, episode four. I'm Jules Creighton. And I'm Cece Alice. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I've had a good week. How about how about you? Have you had a good week? Yeah, I feel like like I got some stuff accomplished. I got some things accomplished at work and I didn't get jack shit accomplished at home. And that was pretty much a bummer. Um, but, you know, you can only do so much. Yeah, I've just kind of learned that sometimes you just have to let shit go. And sometimes things are a little bit dirty or not finished at home when you want them to be but we only can do so much with our lives i think that piles of laundry are good for our sound yeah i think piles of laundry are too maybe i should just bring my unfolded laundry baskets into my hidey hole and just let it help eat up that reverb i honestly like we had a bunch of clean laundry in these baskets and i i hid them in the closet last night because my cats are shitheads and they will piss in them. Ooh, so, gross. yeah. So we we shut the the bathroom door, and then I thought about bringing it into my recording studio slash walk-in closet and just putting all the baskets of laundry in here so that it would suck up sound. That's a really good idea. I might I might use that as my excuse for not doing laundry. I feel like if I folded it in and put it in here, it would also work. But I also don't want to like you have a door to your walk-in closet. Mine isn't actually a walk-in closet. I'm literally the room I sleep in isn't actually a bedroom. It has a door like like a walk-in door to it. But I literally have like I put two closet bars up in the space below the stairway at my house. And I literally turned underneath the stairway into a tiny recording studio. So I think I explained it in the last episode, but I, I essentially have to like move my clothes out of the way. And then I crawl in to the space <laughs> and I like toss my laptop in and my earbuds and everything I need. And then like, I like come into this little space and then nobody would even know I was under here. It's a secret. It secret. is a secret secret. So hopefully our sound is better this time. This is like our, what, like fourth time trying to start recording this. Jules has the worst internet at her house. <laughs> I do. I live like out in BFE. It just it's not really BFE though. Like we have people that live near us. Like yeah, we have like bigger pieces of land out here and whatever, but like it's just terrible internet service. Is it possible that you're having to like share bandwidth with neighbors or something? I I don't know so. how those things work, but I have no idea. I kind of feel like that's it. My husband always says that we're like the last down the line. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, how do you know that? I don't know that. Anyway, we're here and we're recording in the morning. We are. It's more morning for you than it is for me. Yeah, it's, it's just an hour earlier. You're in the future, time travel and all that good stuff. I am in the future. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about the past though. So what's your story? What what are we going to talk about today? Okay. I am here in the future and I'm going to tell you a creepy story. 
What's okay. the creepy story? This creepy story is from Indiana. And appar- apparently we from the Midwest are supposed to know this story, but I didn't. I didn't either. I, I, yeah, we'll see. Well, you, we'll you already know. know. We've already tried recording four times, so <laughs> yes, yeah, we're not yeah, even yeah. going to pretend. I, pre- I was going to pretend like I didn't know what we were talking about, but I do. I actually didn't know the story. Like, I don't know the story story, right? Like, I only know like that I was looking at some old timey murder cases. And this is one of the ones that I had on my list of ones that I had wanted to cover at some point because there were parts of it that I was like mildly drawn to because of my spinsterness and so (laughs) I don't know like anything else besides like a couple details and so I'm just really excited to like learn more about it I feel like I feel like if something traumatic happened to you as a child that perhaps this would be you it could have been and it might still be be. we don't know no I'm just kidding oh no (laughs) please don't will that ever be okay yes anyway I'm going to take you to a current day neighborhood in LaPorte, Indiana, where the residents in this neighborhood seem to be, frankly, a little bit tired of people coming and snooping around their properties, especially at night, looking for like light orbs. So it's like a ghost hunting neighborhood. It is. It's a serious ghost hunting neighborhood. You know, I love me a ghost, a ghost story. And so there is a part of me that's like, ooh, next time I drive up north, maybe I should stop and be a fucking weirdo in these people's yards. You definitely but shouldn't do that. I would be so fucking pissed off. Why would you be pissed off? Well, like already you live in like a haunted area, like maybe your house is haunted. And then on top of that, you have to deal with like actual real life people like being up in your shit. I don't want anybody near me. Then they should have thought of that before they before they did what they did. It's called <laughs> buying a house. Oh there. God. Anyway, so this neighborhood is the old site of a 74 or 42 acre farm. Yes, that is right. We are back to having weird numbers that we don't quite know. Because there's is. just two different numbers in different places. Ah, there's so much, so much to sift through on the internet about this. The interwebs uh, were not kind when researching this. There are so many fucking different versions of this story. And so what I did was, well, I've said before, I don't fucking care. I'm going to tell you whatever I think is funny. But I really did like try to find the versions that I thought were most repeated and or I did watch a document. I do. I watched a few documentaries. Like one was so fucking funny. It had like little. They took like old timey photos and then would try to like add effects to them. Mm-hmm. Like here's a picture of an old house, and now I'm gonna make fake ass flames shooting out of the old house. <laughs> and then another one had like a little barbie movie pig like running (laughs) why i don't know it was really weird but i am going to reference some of those funny ones out there i don't remember what the fuck they're called but then there was this other documentary that was pretty long and 
they actually went to Norway to like where this woman is from. Yeah. And those those ones where you actually like talk to people from the town she's from and yada, yada, yada. So those are some of the pieces I took. Anyway. Oh, cool. So people come out here and they're looking around for the exact placement of the old farmhouse because that's where the most intense shit went down. Is the farmhouse still there? No. The okay. farmhouse is not still there. Um, I will tell you a little bit more about that later on in the story as to why it's not there. But it turns out there is a house that was built on top of the old farmhouse. Oh. And I will finish off. Yeah, I will finish off telling you about that. Okay. Um, but I think, honestly, the best way to find the old farmhouse would be to just go to this neighborhood, wait until the wee hours of the morning, and then just listen for, you know, screams. So just every night there's screaming outside of the houses i don't know that to be true but i would like to imagine yes so again these people signed up for this shit they're from the town they know they have a beer named after this bitch okay so it's like really well known that this neighborhood is just like if you're moving in here just so you know this is yeah this is where you go there needs not be a disclaimer. People should know. So you can just like okay. listen for the screams, wait for the orbs. How many orbs might a person see out here? I'm going to say well over 40 different entities could Shit. possibly. Yeah. Some so she killed like a things. lot of people. Ooh, bad things. It's not just her either. Um, before she had this farm, apparently uh, it was like a prosty farm where lots of murders went down. We can talk about this more later, but this could just be like a bad energy that what if this bad energy just got her and took her over? No, it didn't. <laughs> she was too evil for I, that? No, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it started like she chose this farm. If anything, the evil in her was drawn to the evil in the oh, Okay, so she was evil pre-farm mm-hmm. case. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. She was pre-farm evil. Which is a pretty deep sort of evil. So there was this one guy that was in the really cool documentary. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. That was in an article. It was different. <laughs> okay. So this one guy, he went looking. And this was like uh, one of the articles that was about the hunting. And he was asking people. And some people were kind of rude to him. But then this one guy he met was like this old dude that was like in his 90s. And his uncle who lived to be a pretty old guy too, he actually worked for this woman uh, way back in the early 1900s on the farm. Ooh. And yeah. And his quote, uh, the old guy's quote was that his uncle told him, Bella was a determined woman with a motherly warmth, but there was something odd about her that made him just a little uncomfortable. Her temper was like a switch, and he witnessed her having more than one outburst. Okay. So if I'm going to describe her outburst, um, he he had no idea what was happening, like, above and beyond that. But (laughs) let's just put it this, let's put it this way. There's there's a black death metal band that's named Belle Gunness after her. Ooh. That's what yeah, you know it's, it's bad. Is dark. 
Okay, so we're going to jump in the Wayback Machine. That was me going okay. backwards in time. <laughs> so we're going to go back to November 11th of 1859. Ooh. Did you like that? Yeah, I did like that. It's What are you? Are you a Scorpio? I am a Scorpio. Yeah. Scorpios are supposed to be like stingy and mean, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I... But you're like... I mean, like, not to the point of murder or anything, but but I do have, like, a, like, if I get mad, it's, like, it's zero to 60. It's not, there's not an in-between. I'm either, like, a very nice person or I'm, like, really <laughs> fucking mean. And there's, it just, like, once you hit that switch on me, it's, like, here I am. By the way, here's Hurricane CC. Okay, so. well, I feel like, I feel like I know you better than anyone. And here's the thing about CC. Her voice octave is just a little bit higher and she just, she can't be like, it's not scary when she's mad. It makes me giggle actually. So like whatever it is, your Scorpioness just doesn't, I, I just feel like it doesn't register because you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe like when you yell at the dogs, it just, it's I've- silly. I've unfortunately heard that from more than just you when I get mad, but there's also people that have been afraid of me too. But I think that just has more to do with like authority at work. Yeah. The kind of jobs that we do, unfortunately, it makes us like the scary person that people don't want to get called to their office, but the principal's office of work. Yeah. It's, it's silly though, because I'm always just like, hi, so nice. (laughs) No. Okay. Anyway, so this bitch, she was also a Scorpio. Mm, All right. But she owned it. All right. So she was born with the name, and this is going to get super Norwegian-y. So I feel like I've trained for this my whole life, living up where we live. Brynhild Polstetta Storseth. I feel like I had to say that, like with kind of a Norwegian-y accent. If I could do it, I would totally talk like I was on the Viking show this entire episode. <laughs> I've never watched that show, but you always tell me I'm supposed to watch it. And oh I never did. Oh my God, that, I really loved the the one guy in it. Okay, anyway, but it turns out I can't do that. And no, I didn't practice. Okay. All right. So her name is Brynhild. Brynhild Paulstetter Storseth. Okay, so Paulstetter in her middle name, I, oh, I just did. I just talked like, like that show, a middle <laughs> name. I noticed on this, like the end of her name, it's like her first or her middle name is Paul's D A T T E R. And then I noticed that her mom's middle name was Olsdetter. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then all of a sudden I was like, oh shit, her dad's name is Paul. And then I realized that her mom's dad's name was Ol or Oli or whatever. And so I think that's like a thing where they do. It's kind of yeah. cool. So like, I won't say what I'll make up a name for our dad. So we would be like, Scoot's daughter. That's if our dad's name was Scott, but it's not. I did like a whole bunch of, I looked up a whole bunch of pronunciations so that I would sound more Norwegian-y since we literally just found out that we have a little bit of Norwegian in us. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lean in. Okay. It's not Norwegian. We're we're Vikings. Okay. We're badasses. Okay. Vikings. We're going with that. So we have a little bit of Viking in us. Fuck yeah, we do. She was born on the shores of Lake Selbu, um, in Selbu, Nor- Norway. 
Norway. And this little village was like 5,400 people. And I did, like, I saw a picture of the farmhouse and it was really tiny. And it was basically like on a hillside next to this, next to this lake. And you can just barely see, like they circle it, like here's her <laughs> house. And it looks like a little square up there in the bunch of uh, other uh, little squares around it. So she was a poor cotter farmer's daughter, Paul. Paul was her dad's name in case you didn't catch that. Okay. Um, a cotter, a cotter farmer is basically like they do farm to live but it's not like they have a huge piece of land or anything. They basically just have like a little postage stamp of land and they, you know, they farm pretty much, I think to just stay alive. So they farm to like feed themselves, but not to sell to other people essentially. That's kind of what I took from it. Cause I just can't imagine that they would make money off of that. So I'm sure they're just like homesteading dad, basically. Yeah. I'm sure that her dad had to have like some other source of income. So she she was the youngest child of, I think, like eight kids or something. Oh, wow. Some shit. Yeah, that little tiny house had all those kids in it. So all these youngest childs again, like like Norman Baker last week and like me. Just, yep, that's what I'm saying. I'm just the youngest child think, and all the evil that think, comes along with us. Thank the stars above that you weren't too scarred by the upbringing yeah maybe the more siblings that you had the worse it gets I, I bet it does like maybe if there had been like four more siblings in between you and I I would be super evil I probably wouldn't even fucking care about you yeah you'd be like there's just too many of you for me to give a shit I'll be like there's a bunch of fucking little goblins running around here I don't know who the <laughs> fuck they are I gotta watch them all the time Anyway, so uh, the people that were poor in their town or like the cotter, the cotter farmers, uh, the peasants, they were pretty much frowned upon uh, for being poor. And it was noted also in the documentary when they went to Norway and you got to see like where she was from and talk to the Norwegian people. They did say that their town was known for having like the strictest priest around. However... She did get good remarks from her teachers and the priest. And all of this information could be bullshit because there's no records because nobody gave a fuck. And she was so poor. They didn't yeah, take so pictures of her. Down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All passed down. And now she's become like a myth legend. So, of course, people are going to embellish the stories. There is a historical marker in the village. And that's kind of cool. So they just kind of lean into it. And this little girl, she grew up to be a strapping woman. Like I know a okay. lot of a lot of Norwegian people. We, you know, we're a we're a sturdy, sturdy bunch. She grew up to be six feet tall or five nine. Oh wow. And and two hundred and fifty pounds or two hundred pounds. Whatever. So the she case could have been is. a Viking. She could have been a Viking. She, yeah, she was a fucking Viking. So she was a big, strong lady. I mean, like people say, like she was formidable. But okay. however, she had an hourglass figure. Okay, this one documentary, it had like a literal slide on it that was like 
men were drawn to an hourglass figure. And then there was a picture and it was like, this is an hourglass figure. <laughs> and then it had, why do you not know what that means? I know. They they were showing all these women that were like, ooh, look at her titties and ass. And then they're like, men prefer an hourglass figure. And I was like, <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Oh my. So so she's like probably like a tall, like even though, so she's like, she's beefy kind of, but like in a good way. <laughs> Like she's like, yeah, I, she's probably got a lot of muscle on her and like things oh, are in the right yeah. places. So she's just like a big person, but a big hot person. I don't know if hot's the right word to use. I, I am going to, I'm I'm going to like, I am going to show you a picture of her. I, I do have some, some photos. Okay. Can you send it to me so I can post it on our social media as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just Google a picture of what she looked like. Put in young Belle Gunness. And listeners, you should do this as well. Okay. Okay. Like I'm seeing her. Okay. But like, I mean, but people didn't wear like a lot of makeup or anything. Like that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, we could have dolled her up. Yeah. We could have dolled her up. I can see her being a hottie for the time. Like knowing a little bit about what she did too. I would say that honestly, I mean, like, obviously people were into her obviously people were into her whatever the case is like for the times i'm sure that because everybody was tiny back then for the most part but these are norwegians we're talking about so they were probably like some giant men Yeah, i don't think that they're like tiny yeah they're not tiny people no no um we are of some of their stock in those areas and we are not tiny people yeah i get it i get it okay so in 1876-ish, so she would have been, I don't know, like eight or 17-ish yeah. years old. Um, she found herself pregnant. And I did so much searching to try to find out like who baby daddy was. Yeah. Only thing I could find was that it was possibly this this I'm not gonna say gentleman because he was an ass hat. Okay. She goes to this dance near the lake when she's pregnant. And she gets into a disagreement with this dude. Um, he is the son of a wealthy farmer. So we've already, you know, talked about, you know, like the class difference there. There is some speculation that he might have been the one that got her knocked up. Okay. He likely did not respect her at all because she was a peasant. They get into this like terrible fight at this dance. He kicks her in the stomach and she like loses the baby. Most people speculate that it was in like a really horrific way and that she probably didn't like she probably couldn't even like leave the area really and just had to hide someplace and was like miscarrying this baby. They're not sure how far along she was. Anyway, there was this one thing that like this woman was like showing you the area where she would have had to like walk home. And it was like a terrible, terrible walk that she like a way she would have had to travel and it it put some perspective on it i was like damn like she went through it and the people that knew her said that this drastically changed her personality and that she was never the same after this okay so this is like a turning point in her life like i'm saying like there's a lot of people that go through really bad things and they don't turn out to be murderers but 
this might be yeah uh, like when you have you ever watched inside out the like disney pixar film and they're like core memory yeah, yeah. right this is like yeah core memory even though she's like she's still kind of young so so there's some speculation as to whether or not she became barren it is possible she did have children later on but i'll explain this there is a possibility like a strong one that she actually could not have children after this happened interestingly enough this asshole he dies of some stomach cancer very shortly after this happens she killed him i bet with arsenic or something like i'm going back to arsenic because of the period of time no no it's not arsenic you know everybody you're you're like you're you're in that way where you're like do arsenic about it but no (laughs) she had it could have been it really could have been but there was there was a lot of speculation about a different substance that she possibly poisoned with but I honestly feel like it would like that that particular poison like I'm I'm confused about why they think it's that one. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Okay. Okay. So at this point, she's like fuck this place, man. I am so tired of being poor. Um so she goes out in search of a wealthier farm. And it's a ways away from her village. And it's a big fancy farm and they actually like showed it nowadays in the place that she would have been staying and she did very well there. And she saved up money for about three years. And her older sister, Nellie, um, had gone to the United States and lived in Chicago. So that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to go to where Nellie was. And it turns out, I didn't read this other part just like to back it up. I read this other part that like kids made fun of her. But I only saw that in one article. So I feel like people made that part up. Anyway, um. So she she wanted to go to where her sister was. And in 1881, she had enough money. She was about 22 years old and she emigrated to uh, Chicago. And no, nobody really prepared them for the differences. Right. She's she's coming from this little village of like 5,400 people. And now all of a sudden she's in fucking Chicago. I mean, like. Back in the late 1800s, if you look up pictures of that, like it was a bustle in place even then. And she realized like, oh, my God, this place is so fucking huge. Like nobody would even notice me. And it felt lawless to her. I think that started to give her some ideas, you know, like she already had a fucking ship on her shoulder, all this other stuff. And she's got one goal in mind. And her goal is to be fucking loaded. That's her goal. She just wants to so, be rich. She wants to be rich. That was that was like uh, Millie Vanilli. <laughs> so after she got settled in Chicago, I'm assuming she just went to like live with her sister or whatever. But she worked. She worked for a couple of years as a servant, and basically, she was just looking for a wealthy catch. Okay, so she's looking for a dude to give her some money. She is. So she's. She's probably like, you know, dolling it up, whatever. So in 1884, she would have been like around 24, 25-ish. Okay. A lot of things are sketchy on the details when it comes to ages and years and all that other bullshit. Yeah. But I, but 1884, she marries this guy named Mads Albert Sorensen. He had amassed some cash. 
Um, he wasn't a bad looking dude, uh, but he was at the time a department store detective. At what? Night. So he's like so, a security guy. Is well, that just a funner I, way to say security guy? No, like a department store detective is one of those people. I, I tried to look this up because I was confused as to why he was working overnight shifts at a department store. So like I looked all this stuff up because I just really wanted to know. So there were like quite a few giant department stores in Chicago because it was like a new thing. Yeah. Right. In the big cities and like a one stop shop. And but it's not like they were open overnight And these department store detectives are basically like secret shoppers, I think, that are like, you know, they're like spyglass, you know trying to catch people in the act of being naughty and why the fuck would he need to do that overnight that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever so i think that might be a lie but i don't know he just maybe he was up to no good and that's like what his cover was Mm, i uh, could be anyway he had a nice house and she was like okay this is a step up you know like she had this nice old Victorian house and uh, in Chicago and she, you know, kind of settled in and she volunteered at a Norwegian church. And then she also did some other stuff like she was kind of nursing a little bit, even though it doesn't appear she had any formal training. And apparently she was like performing abortions. Oh, wow. Under the table. Yeah. And also, like, relocating children for cash. So I'm oh. thinking, yeah, I'm kind of thinking that this means, like, like if somebody has, like, a secret pregnancy and they don't want anybody to know about it. And then she's like, what does that mean? Like, selling children or something? Yeah, I think that's how those things kind of worked that they're they're worth it i mean like that kind of stuff went on for quite a while in our country i've watched a couple documentaries about situations like that where where those kinds of things were happening and so uh like like well into like the people that are still alive today like finding out that they were basically sold instead of put up for adoption so they're just there wasn't a lot of people like looking into it it seems at that time so that makes sense to me so is, right. this is where you're thinking that maybe she got her children instead of actually giving birth to them herself. Yeah, herself. Herself. <laughs> herself. Well, she could have had multiple. So I, I'm just, I'm having a hard time. Like the more that I read into this, I mean, like she was with this first husband for a little while here. Right. Mm-hmm. So like 1884. And then, so she did keep one of the children. Like, I tried looking everywhere. I'm like, where the fuck did this kid Jenny come from? Yeah. Because she gets this kid named Jenny, Jenny Olson. And I'm like, why, number one, does Jenny keep the last name Olson instead of taking Sorensen if she's adopted? Um, it kind of made it seem like it was like a foster situation. And then she just kept oh, the okay. kid. There was this one thing that was talking about her personality as an adult and how people said that she get really intense when she was talking to people and then she would just like stop and look at them weird 
And then if somebody said something that she liked, she would do this. She would like clap her hands really fast, like a little kid, like, ooh, I like that. Anyway, so she was kind of an immature type person. There were parts of her personality that were kind of underdeveloped and immature. I thought that was like a really weird assessment of her. It's such a childlike thing to do. And then like knowing that she turns into like a brutal murderer on top of it, it's like, what is this? I know. And then she's like, so part of me wanted to think like maybe she did like these kids, but I don't think she really cared about anybody but herself, as you realize. So according to her sister, Nellie, she had no biological children. Like she later on told people that she acquired them all under the table and that she would basically put like a cushion on her belly to fake her pregnancies. Oh, yeah. And so people were like, okay, what the fuck? How did Mads, her husband, how did he like not notice? I mean, you would think like he probably would sleep next to his wife. At some point, he'd probably be like, where's your cushion? Anyway, he he worked nights. So some people are like, oh, maybe he was just gone. And I'm like, okay, you can't be gone that much. I think he knew. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like people might not have been as like educated about sex. So too, maybe she would just be like, listen, like I'm pregnant and I can't have sex because I'm too afraid. Or maybe she like referenced like what happened to her before. And she was like, I want to make sure that I don't lose this baby. So we can't do it. And if you want to, if you want me to not miscarry, we can't, you can't touch me. Maybe. So, you know, this, this kind of stuff is going on. I think that around the year, this is another thing, like there's no records of when these kids are fucking born. Other people are saying like, yeah, it was kind of weird. Like she'd have this newborn baby that was giant, (laughs) you know, like "Eh, it doesn't look like it was born yesterday, but okay. So just an interesting note here, as we get into it in the year 1894, that's the year that H.H. Holmes, who is a very prolific serial killer from those times, was caught. And his whole story came out. And I think that dude made a lot of money, too, like on his stuff. And I think that might have been like an inspiration to her. At that oh, so time she's period. like reading these articles and she's like, ooh. Sure. Yeah, I think that she's come to the big city and she's learning a lot. Like, she's definitely learning a lot about insurance policies Hmm. and what they're about. She basically, at some point in time here in this area of, I'm guessing that she was just like grabbing babies left and right, you know, and trying to make it make sense. Yeah. But in 1895, I think that's when Caroline was born. And then also she had another son named it was either Axel or or Alex, but I think it was probably more Axel. Caroline and Axel died when they were infants at oh. some point in time. And she got she had insurance on each of those babies. Oh no. Yeah. Gross. Like oh, fuck. Anyway, they think they got they categorized it as acute colitis, which tummy illness dying of the diarrhea and the vomiting and all that stuff it's like on a baby on a baby i know it's terrible yeah so that's heavy and also um 
during this time period when all this is happening, her and her husband decide that they're going to open like a confectionery or candy store. The candy store is like, doesn't do well. It doesn't do well at all. I believe that their house is like kind of attached to it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And mysteriously, the store burns. Because they have an insurance policy on it. Of course they have an insurance policy. The husband on it. knew about this stuff. He totally, he knew, totally about this stuff. knew about this stuff. He did. Because also like where if she was all of a sudden coming up with her own money from doing whatever it is she was dealing under the table with children, there's no fucking way. He, she couldn't just be like, I brought this money with me. I've been investing. I, I really don't think that's what was going on. So I think he knew. And this was the first time that, that strychnine poisoning was brought up. Strychnine poisoning is something that attacks the nervous system, but like really quickly. So basically what will happen is like people go into like convulsions and terrible things happen. And like, I guess their spine curves, like while they're convulsing and stuff. And it would be horrible for a baby to die that way. Yeah. God. But that's why I just don't understand such a piece of shit i mean i know that like babies died but like two of them two of them of acute colitis and i don't really know what acute colitis is or like how you get it but like did other people document these symptoms and if so like the strychnine poisoning just doesn't seem to like add up to that uh after these two die you know the store burns down all this stuff they get money from that and they get quite a bit of money from it so I'm sure that's how they're able to keep surviving. And then in 1897, another daughter is born, Myrtle. And then in 1898, another daughter is born, Lucy. Okay. So at this point, they've they've got they have Myrtle, they have Lucy, and now they and they have Jenny, who's older. She's older than all these other kids. In 1898, it was a super busy year for her because also their home burned down now. Okay. Why are these insurance people not like, mm, I don't know, bitch. Like, what? So at this point, nobody had really like hmmed at her very hard until, let's see. Oh, at this point, that's when in 18 uh, 1898, this is when Axel dies. The next baby, right? Again, yeah, more insurance money. So they're just like getting money hand over fist from all of these horrible insurance policies. Yes, crazy. So they bought a new home, and in the year, are you fucking kidding? I'm like still writing this stuff down, and now it says in 1900 they had another fire at their home. I what the fuck, man. You know, like as I'm, I was just like writing down these dates and like stuff that happened, but Jesus Christ. Okay. So in the year 1900, so obviously we know that she's pretty obsessed with insurance money. Yes. And so she's talking to her husband, you know, and she's like, oh, honey, you know what? I think that you need more coverage on your life because, you know, we've built this life. We need more coverage. So there's these two insurance policies, right? There's one for a lower amount, one for a higher amount. But then there's this one day, this one day when he has both insurance policies because they're overlapping. So guess what, motherfucker? He dies that day. 
Of course he does. Like he had to have known about the other insurance policies and what she was doing. And if your wife that's been just like murdering like babies and burning down buildings at your house, put an extra insurance policy on you. you I would be, be scared. I mean, like he's a piece of shit anyway, if he did know about it, but maybe she was, maybe she found some kind of way to hide this money because it just like, you'd think that that would have been like a huge, like alarm bells to him. Well, he knew about all the insurance claims. He was probably like, our life is disastrous. But at the same time, like things burn down all the time back then too yeah i just can't imagine like how were the insurance companies even making money if things were burning down that frequently i wonder how long insurance has been around for like maybe it was like newer at that time and people hadn't done a lot of fraud yet probably not i mean i'm (laughs) i don't know i don't know that that would be a thing to look up but um so he dies of this apparent heart attack on the day that the two life insurance policies overlap which at this point starts to raise some eyebrows right so the neighbors said that he was home you know and he was playing in the garden with the kids which kind of leads me like that gives you a little bit of a glimpse like back then i feel like a lot of dads were just like run along children get away from me right yeah but but i but he's actually spending time with these kids so i'm wondering if she was partly having these babies come in to keep him happy Maybe. So maybe he didn't know about it because he probably wouldn't have been okay with her like murdering babies if he really liked children. Right. That's kind of, I don't know. It just seems kind of weird. There's a lot of conundrums in this whole thing about her. So he's playing in the garden with the kids and like literally an hour later, he's dead. And she's like running over to those neighbors and being like, help me, he's dying. And she's very dramatic, right? So she's very dramatic. So she said, that he came home and that he had a bad headache. And so she gave him some medicinal powder. And then she, you know, he laid him, laid him down in the bed or whatever and gave him some medicine. I suppose that would probably be like our version of having a Tylenol, but she probably was yeah. like, here's, here's some cocaine. And then she's yeah. like, I'm going to go make dinner. So he, she goes to make dinner. And then she said that when she went back to check on him, that he died. You know, he's just dead. Um, yeah, he's dead. She had this doctor do the autopsy. And oddly enough, this doctor was a tenant of theirs. So they must have had some rental properties as well. Okay. And the doctor did this thing and he was just like, there's nothing to see. And he didn't do a toxicology exam. And he just was like, yep, he had a ginormous heart. He died of a large heart. That's what the doctor said. Uh, and he was up to his, something. Yeah. She was probably like, she probably was banging him on the side or giving him money or something. something. That, that's something my like guess. that. Mm-hmm. She's found some shady people who are okay with some gray areas, I'm guessing, to deal with. She's got a lot of gray, gray areas. Anyway, so Matt's brother is like, what the fuck, man? I don't think he had a large heart. He's like, can you please do another autopsy? And other doctor was like, that'll be $300. Because like everything was $300 back then when it had to do with death and doctors and whatever, apparently. It was a lot of money back and, then. Yeah, it was a lot of money. And they were like, mm, yeah, we don't have that. So she gets to keep that money. 
But people are like starting to question like what the fuck. So she takes this money and she dips and she goes to Laporte, Indiana and she buys this sprawling. This is the part where it says 42 acre property. So I'm wondering if she like acquired more acreage as she went. Yeah, maybe she did. Like maybe it was a situation like were any of these men that she murdered were they neighbors like our great great grandfather. I'm totally getting vibes off of this, like murder grandpa. Yeah. Like I was thinking maybe like if like one of the husbands maybe was a neighbor or something, she got extra acreage from that. Nope. That's not how she does it. I'll tell you how she does it. All right. All right. So she buys this farm and that's the end at the end of McClung road. Um, So now she's suddenly the wealthy widow of three girls, you know, and this farm has a long history. Like I said, already of like prosties and murderers and so the neighbors are like delighted they're like oh look at this decent person coming in she's a christian mother she's wonderful so they think that she's great all this other stuff um you know she works really hard does her own thing she does have like a lot of she does this thing where she has like i think is kind of scandalous But, like, she'll have, like, worker guys come and stay at her house. Like, a handyman, and then he'll just, like, live at her house. I think that that was a, like, think about, like, farmhands. I think that, like, farmhands would live on farms sometimes. So, I think that was a thing that happened. But that was indecent. She She was not married. Yeah, that's true. I mean. I mean. Hmm. Anyway, so 1901 comes, right? So this is like a year after her husband dies. Okay. And she's like, so she did a lot that year. Holy shit. Like she moves to a new town. She buys the new property, yada, yada, yada. So she's like, I'm a catch. Not only do I have an hourglass figure and I'm a strapping woman, I have a giant farm to offer men, right? Yeah. So there's this dude named Peter Gunnis and he's, he's a butcher and I'm sure she learned some things from him, but he's, he's a recent widow. Like he has to be pretty recently widowed because he had two daughters and one of them was only seven months old. Oh, okay. So maybe he had like a wife that died in childbirth or something. Either way. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that might've actually been what happened. I might okay. have read that. So anyway, he gets he gets married to Belle, you know, and they, they combine households. And within a couple of days after the wedding, she is watching the baby. Yeah, it doesn't end well. Oh, fuck. The baby dies. I didn't realize how much, like, child, like, infanticide yeah. really. Is that how you say it? infanticide something like that like i I didn't realize how much i thought this was about like killing husbands but it was but god what a piece of shit okay so at this point like we've talked about a lot of child death would you like me to insert a micro douche should we yeah could we get a micro douche cleanser please okay so we're gonna do a micro douche cleanser i'm gonna tell you a fun little crimey story Okay, just to just to break up this this darkness. This 
story is about the Phantom Barber. Phantom Barber. I like it. Phantom Barber. It's just a fun little ditty. And he was from Pascagoula. Where is that? Mississippi. It's actually not that far from where I live. I know some people that live in Pascagoula. Okay. So (laughs) in 19... What the fuck? Isn't it great? So I would encourage all of you, however many listeners we have now, to please, please uh, look up the Phantom Barber of Pascagoula. It's P-A-S-C-A-G-O-U-L-A. In 1942, there was a rash of creepy haircuttings that happened. So basically what would happen is this, this phantom would come into his victims' rooms at night and cut their hair. He was a oh, hair no. fetishist. He, it, like the one girl, I think he just like lopped off the side of her hair, like just one side of her head. Like all of her hair? I don't know. So there was these there was these two women that shared a bedroom. And I don't know what they were doing. Maybe they were just good friends. Okay. Mary Evelyn Briggs and Edna Marie Heidel. Um, the two shared a room. Oh, they were at a convent. So why didn't oh, they just so say they, they were, were like nuns? Yeah. Anyway, oh, can you imagine how alarming? So They woke in time to see a man crawling out of their window, and Mary was the sole victim to give a description of the perpetrator. And she said, quote, I saw the figure of a kind of short, fat man bending over me with something shiny in his hand, and he was fooling with my hair. When he saw me open my eyes, he said, shh, I yelled, and he jumped out the window. That's what happened. She sounds so sweet. She does. And a few days later, a six-year-old named Carol Petty awoke to find much of her hair missing. Oh, yeah. And the screen, the screen was cut open. And then also an adult woman named Mrs. Taylor also had it happen. And they think that the guy used chloroform on them. Was it like a certain type of hair? Like, did they have similar kinds of hair or was it like? I don't know. Just, he just he liked hair. Yeah. He didn't injure these girls and he would break in just slicing the thing, cutting off their hair and then slipping away into the night to do God knows what. With their That's hair. what happened before the internet when you could go out and be like, mm. listen, hair gets me off. Please give me some hair to jack off with. He had to sneak in and had it been present day. The internet would have saved him from having to do this crime, I think. Anyway, so things took a little bit of a turn. And uh, he broke into into the home of Terrell Heidelberg and attacked him and his wife with an iron pipe. Shit. Yeah. And at this point, an arrest was made and he was charged with attempted murder. And they found the human hair near his home. And apparently he had some sort of a disagreement with the Heidelbergs, and that's what gave him his motive. He was called a Nazi saboteur. He was known for having German sympathies during a time when war hung heavily in the public mind. So everyone was happy to see him arrested, and they slept soundly once they knew that the Phantom Barber was behind bars. 
So there it is, folks. Our micro douche. Thank you for that micro douche. You're welcome. A little, but it's not enough to completely get rid of all the sad feelings of infant homicide. So here's a fun thing about it is that Frank said to me, Frank's my oldest child. That's his fake name. Um, (laughs) He was like, he's like, oh, what do you think they did with the hair? And I was like, he jacked off in it. And Frank's like, oh, my God, mom. He's like, I thought maybe he was making wigs. <laughs> I'm like, no, son, it's a fetish. Yeah, you are old enough fetish. to know better. Okay. Anyway. All right. So now that we have cleansed our souls with a fun little thing there, um, we're going to go back into this. At this point, the seven month old is gone, which is really sad. And then Peter Gunnis had a second daughter named Swanhild. And he sent her away to live with relatives in Wisconsin. And she is the only child to ever survive living with. Oh, you know what? I totally forgot to tell you. What? I'm so dumb. She changed her name from Brynhild to Belle. When she moved to Chicago. When did that happen? Oh, when she moved to Chicago. So she Americanized right away. Yeah, I'm not sure if she Americanized right away or if it was like right when she like maybe she did the paperwork when she mm, was marrying Sorensen, maybe. Oh, that but could be. She, yeah, yeah. But either way, she changed her name to, to Belle, you know, because beautiful. Anyway. Okay, so Peter's oldest daughter goes like he he figures out that he probably like he's suspicious of something, it seems, and sends his daughter to live with relatives in Wisconsin. Right. But he should have he should have really like assessed his life harder at this mm, point yeah. because in 1902, like I, he didn't even live like a year. Oh my god. In 1902, Peter died. There was a terrible accident at their home. One story that I one story that I read was that, you know, he was in the kitchen and like I don't know what happened, but he's clumsy, you know, and somehow he hit a pot of water and like boiling hot water burned him. And then also at the same time, you know, he just like hit the shelf and the shelf was very wobbly and, you know, (laughs) a meat, a meat grinder fell on his head from a high distance up, you know, holy shit, because that's normal. So this is what led me to start looking at strychnine poisoning a little bit because I wanted to know if it was like arsenic that makes your skin red or whatever. Arsenic makes your skin dark, but yeah. Oh, just kidding. That turns it dark and creepy. No. Yeah. The one that turns your skin red is uh, antifreeze. Anyway, I was wrong that I, I was completely wrong that strychnine does not turn your skin red. So I'm not really sure where this whole like burning water thing came in, but yeah. The one thing that that they did find, you know, when they did the autopsy is that he had a giant wound on the back of his skull, but he also had a smashed nose. Oh, so it hit him like on the skull and then bounced off, flew back up in the air and then came down on his nose. Yeah. Yeah. According to his wife. Because (laughs) meat grinders are bouncy. Well, I mean, like what if it hit the back of his head and and then he like smashed his nose into the ground? Yeah, that I mean, that could happen, right? Totally. If I'm trying to get for the benefit so, of the doubt, which she does not deserve. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
he he gets up, you know, after he gets hit in the back of the head, he gets up and, you know, he's like, oh, fuck, that hurt. And he went and laid down in his bed. And then I don't know what happened. He just he died. Shit. It was an accident. Right. His poor wife. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. So she had insurance on him because, you know, she had to make sure that everything was going to be OK. Yeah. And um, she got smart. The money was like kind of out there in limbo because his family was like, bitch, please. No, like they weren't having it at this. Point. So they're suspicious. They're totally suspicious. And they're like, you don't deserve that money. Swan Hill, the, the daughter, she deserves that money. And so people were looking at her with some suspicions again. And she put on her her big show that she would put on, you know, like, oh, my God, my husband's dying. You know, like calling the neighbors over the whole thing that she does. It was very convenient that she was like, you can't take this money from me because I'm pregnant with his child. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. So she's like, oh, I killed dude. What the fuck? Oh, I know. I'll put a cushion on my belly. So she suits up. So she suits up in her in her pregger suit. She probably like made one, don't you think? She probably had like a fat suit. She, <laughs> she had something, but I I mean people sewed back then, so yeah. Maybe she yeah. designed her own. So anyway, Philip is the son. He was born six months later. I'm sure he was three months old when he was born. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. And he gets the inheritance. Oh. And poor Swanhild gets nothing. God damn. So she gets like all of his money, the insurance money, all of it goes to her. What a bitch. So at this point, she's got she's got Jenny and she's got Myrtle and she's got Lucy. And now she has little Philip. All right. And Jenny's in school. So Jenny's like, you know, on the playground talking to kids and stuff. And she's like, hey, psst, don't tell anybody or whatever. But like mama killed Papa with a meat cleaver. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or he gets like talent on her. Yeah. Because I think at this point, the kids are probably like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it's getting weird. Like, it's not just like innocent poisoning anymore. People dying of diarrhea. It's like violent. That's getting that real like, violent. Aware of. Right, 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 right. This was a problem. Jenny was becoming a problem. People are talking. They're they're starting to put the damper on things. So suddenly neighbors are like, where's Jenny? Where's Jenny? It's okay, though, because she just, you know, she sent Jenny to finishing school in California. Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. Hmm. So Jenny just disappears. Jenny's disappeared. What a bitch. So now we're going to go into what is called the Guinness system. It is a no-nonsense way of fetching yourself a solid farmer gentleman. Okay. I probably okay. need to take notes as a spinster. You do. You should. You should take Listeners, notes. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a, I'm a spinster single mom. She is. I don't really get spinster. bummed out about it, though. Okay. So I just wanted to show you this one right here. This is. This I've is seen this Belle. photo before. When her. Shh. 
she's advanced in her age a yeah. little bit more. But what we're looking at here is the oldest girl is Myrtle, and then we've got Lucy, and there's little Okay. Phillip. So it kind of makes me sad to know that and that, you know, we're going to move forward with this. So she would put out these Lonely Hearts ads to Norwegian language newspapers. She got really good at this. Ah. Uh, a lot of Norwegian men had immigrated and were looking for a bride. A lot of them were cut off from their homeland and they were lonely. So she she kind of, you know, goes out there and she puts out this personal ad and it says personal dash comely widow who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts in Laporte County, Indiana, desires to make the acquaintance of a gentleman equally well provided with view of joining fortunes. No replies by letter considered unless sender is willing to follow answer with personal visit. Triflers need not apply. Wow. So, yeah, she's very out there. She's like, hey, y'all, I'm hot. I'm rich. Come and join ventures with me. In other words, bring me your money. And she also puts one out that says, a woman who owns a beautifully located and valuable farm in first-class condition wants a good and reliable man as a partner in the same. Some little cash is required for which will be furnished first-class security. Wow. What does she have to offer? She's got some things to offer here, right? She comes across to these men. She does start to get a lot of letters back. Like on a normal day, the postmaster said that she was getting up to four letters a day. Well, yeah, because they 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 see it. I mean, yeah. So he said that if she didn't get a letter on a specific day, she was like real pissed. Oh, so she really of, she really wanted those inbox replies. She would. She would. What she would do is she would meet them at a train station. Um, she would take them take them back to her little you know to her farm she'd give them a good traditional norwegian meal she'd lure them in i think she might have been sleeping with some of them honestly i mean to like, she kind of set her hook and see well i i don't think she was trying i mean she was getting her needs met i'm sure and nothing said in here that she was sleeping with them i just that's what i'm imagining that's my guess yeah she's like she's like a real dark bitch um, so they'd spend usually one or two nights with Belle and then they were hooked. I don't know what she was doing because she really look at this picture of her with these children. She's not a hottie. She's not a comely woman. No, sorry. even if she was at a younger age. I mean, like, yeah, she's not. Can you imagine? She, she probably had some skills. Yeah, she had something going on. Like she was feeding them well and something else. So basically she'd bring these guys back to the house and then she wanted to make sure that they actually had the money or if they didn't, okay. she'd send them, she'd send them back and say like, see, I told you I have some things. I got some skills. I got this farm, you know, things are going to be great. You come here. I'm going to feed you every day. The guys would come back with the money. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw something in here. So I did say that she had some farm hands, right? 
There's yeah. one farm, there's one farm hand in particular, and I can't find, I'm sure it says it somewhere in here, but I can't find what year by this point, like she's what, like well into her thirties and whatnot. She's only um, in her thirties in this picture. Are you telling I me think... that this picture I'm looking at right now? So this is a picture of her and three like small children. There's a baby on her lap and two little girls. I'll post it. But are you telling me that this woman is like the same age as I am? right now yes correct correct what it's the making f- whoa you look good like i'm just saying that i look like very much younger than this woman in this photo you look like a baby compared to this woman well i mean because think about it well i guess you don't know this yet but at the time when shit goes down philip is five and she's 48 oh. at that point in time so let's see. She, so she yeah, she's was, like my age in this picture. Yeah, she probably was. Oh, she could maybe have. This been. is what I look like in old time photos without makeup on, though. Maybe this is. She might have been my age, actually. Okay. If he was fat, she's Still, probably my she's age. She's not looking too good for your age. Please tell me I look better than that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you do. Anyway, you do. so probably in her mid or early forties. Early forties. Okay, I'm twenty nine. So okay, so I'm twenty five. Yeah, I know it's awkward, you know, that I have kids in their 20s and I'm 29, but yeah, you know, it happens. Yeah, totally. Anyway, so one of these guys that came to work for her as a farmhand, his name was Ray Lapierre. And I don't know the year that he came to live with her, but it is a significant relationship. She's sleeping with him, he lives at her house. And he's also quite helpful. I think that he's getting a lot out of the relationship. Like he is head over heels for her in love. Go ahead and do yourself a favor and look up a picture of this guy. I didn't put it in the slideshow, but I will say his name name is Ray Lampier. It's L-A-M-P-H-E-R-E. And he's got some wild eyes. He does, but... I mean, like in old timey things, I could see how they were like into each other. He's got a fantastic mustache. He does just have like a mustache. Such, such a mustache. It's so manly. It right? just like goes completely over his fucking mouth, man. Sure does. Yeah. I myself really liked that. I'm not into that, but you know, whatever. It was doing something for her. And he was also helping her with a lot of things. So like I said, she would go and she'd meet these men at the train station. It was happening so much. And some of her neighbors were like, whoa, Belle, like a lot of guys coming to visit you. And she was like, yeah, it's my cousins. Oh, okay. A lot of cousins. Just like, and she would take them to the bank a lot of times. You know, which is kind of weird. And I I feel like people in the town should have been scratching their heads more. But she's like, you know, I'm a good upstanding Christian woman. And I'm sure she was like, you know, going to church and doing all the things she was supposed to do. Yeah. But then also there were other some odd things that, you know, in retrospect, the neighbors were like, well, you know, sometimes I would see her like digging in the hog pen, uh, you know, at night. That's kind of weird. So one gentleman named Carl Peterson, he gave a snippet later on of of one of the letters that she had written to him. And it said, this is from Belle to Carl. 
Okay. And it said, there have been others, there have been other answers to the same advertisement. As many as 50 have been received. I have picked out the most respectable and I have decided that yours is such. My idea is to take a partner to whom I can trust everything. And we have no acquaintance ourselves. I have decided that every applicant I have considered favorably must take a satisfactory deposit of cash or security. I think that is the best way for parties to keep away grafters who are always looking for such opportunities as I have experience with them and I can prove. Now, if you think that you are able in some way to put up $1,000 in cash, we can talk matters over personally. If you cannot, is it worthwhile to consider? I would not care for you as a hired man, as I am tired of that and need a little rest in my home and near my children. I will close for this time with friendly regards, Mrs. P.S. Gunnis. Well, it's a lucky <laughs> thing that it's a lucky thing that this dude did not have a thousand dollars. Just yeah, like she's know. just like I would like a deposit, please, before we get together. Right. So at this point in time, I'm just gonna I'm just I'm running down now the litany. This is not even all of them. I just want to like give you an idea, like the depth of the amount of dudes that were coming out after her. Right. Okay. She was. She had something going on like she had a, a silver silver pen or something you know like a yeah silver tongue silver pen okay whatever she had a magic pen uh because these letters that she was writing or whatever it is it got people hooked so some of these some of these uh pen pal things that would go on for up to two years while she was reeling them in were they like okay do you think they were dirty like was oh, she yeah. like suddenly being dirty in her pen pal letters and then maybe I, I mean nobody said that nobody said that oh well but, i'm just gonna assume she's like um i'm gonna make you a cake that's <laughs> <laughs> how it probably went the only way okay. i really want that farm i don't know they do right so anyway another dude named uh george anderson he was from missouri he liked her replies. He went and looked things over. On the second day, he was like, how much money you got? And he's like, I only have $300. And she was like, yeah, you need to go home and sell your big farm and then come back with some cash. And that night when he was sleeping, he was staying at her house, which again, scandalous. Okay. Yeah. So he's staying at her house. And in the small hours of the morning, he woke up. And this bitch is bending over his bed. When he spoke to her, she like ran away. So I guess he like, he got scared and he like jumped out of bed, pulled his clothes on and he ran away. Oh, I'm like, what does that mean? Like he probably didn't have a horse or anything. Uh, so he was just like, think... like running away from okay. his farm. Do you think that the way that she was getting some of these guys hooked is that when they were sleeping in their beds, she went and did like things to them and they would wake up and she was like doing these things to them. And they were like, oh, this 1800s bitch is kinky. Oh, God. And maybe that's what. But maybe because Why? he was alarmed, she was like, oh, never mind. This isn't the one. And he got like 
he he wasn't Maybe. on board with what she was doing there. Yeah, because she wasn't killing them when they came at first. <laughs> yeah, so I wonder if there was like, if she was like secretly going in and doing sex things to them that <gasps> she was like about to do unto him. And because he like got alarmed, she was like embarrassed or something like who, you know, like, like maybe it's something that she like secretly does at night. I don't know. Ew, I'm just like picturing you. She's gross. Ugh. Anyway. Uh, he was embarrassed. And so he didn't tell anybody about this at the time. Cause I'm sure like he feels like he made a fool of himself and yeah, it was an alarming adventure. He called it, but later on, he recalled how Myrtle, the, the second, well, now she's the oldest daughter in the house yeah. had, had, had looked at him. He, like he said, she looked at me like I was a doomed man. He said she would eye me with a pitiful look. And when I glanced at her during a meal, she would turn white as a sheet. So the kids like knew that. Oh yeah, these were just people yeah. that were coming in to get murdered. Yeah. Hmm. So there was another guy. His name was Oli Budsberg. This one was sad. He he ended up. That was a thousand dollars he gave her to her. He was an old guy, Aww. like an older older guy. I think he was maybe widowed or something. That one was really sad. Frank Redinger of Delafield, Wisconsin, also went to visit her. His family got a letter back from him um, saying that he had decided to go west, but it wasn't in his handwriting. Oh, so these guys were just like bringing. So essentially, okay, they'd visit maybe once and then they get hooked and then they would send her money or like when they came back, they would bring money to give to her for a deposit and then she'd murder them. Yeah. Is yeah, she would, okay. she would. Yeah, she would ask him to do weird things. Like she would ask him. She would be like, "This has to be our secret, just between us." And then she would tell them, "Like, hey, I think that you should sew all of your money into your into your coat or something like that." It was oh. really fucking weird. Yeah. So anyway, this guy Frank, he he actually later on he actually lived. He left her farm and didn't go back. And later on, uh he had to sue a bunch of people to get his possessions back because everybody thought he was dead oh because he had gone to visit her so they just assumed that yeah that he was one of yeah. the people that got murdered yeah it becomes a thing later on like across the country anyway another guy um andrew helgeline he wrote her letters for like 18 months and this guy he arrived at her place on january 3rd of 1908 they went to the bank together and deposited a CD that was worth uh, two thousand eight hundred thirty nine dollars, which today would be worth seventy five thousand plus. Holy 8%. shit! Yeah, yeah. And then once the money became available after he did that, um, he returned back to the bank with Bell immediately and demanded cash. Like Bell was demanding the cash, and that was the last time anybody ever saw him. Huh. So remember, Andrew. Remember Andrew because he he plays a part okay. later on here. Um, George Berry. George Berry was in 1905. He went to work for Mrs. Guinness. Fifteen hundred dollars got from him. Christian Hilkfin of Chatek, Wisconsin. Uh, he actually changed his Decora Poston subscription over to her address. That was two thousand dollars that she got off him. 1906 Olaf Jensen this guy was only 23 years old and he wrote a letter to his mama Aww. back in Norway and 
he he reflected on the matrimonial ad and he told his mom that he had decided to marry this Scandinavian woman who was a widow from Norway who lived in Laporte. And oh he went God. down. Yeah, he went down for a visit, returned to his home and then got all of his cash. And then he was never seen again after he left. What a piece so of 20, shit. That poor 23 year old thought he had no other options than to be with this old hag. Yeah. Like just to get a farm. Another guy, Charles Nyberg, he's from Philly. He had a hobby of answering matrimonial ads and it got him oh. dead. 500 bucks. 500 bucks. Um, 1907, Abraham Phillips, West Virginia. He left with a big roll of bills and a diamond ring in hand. Later on, they found uh, some remnants of him. Oh his railroad watch. His railroad watch. Yeah. Um, Tonus Peter Lean was from Rushford, Minnesota. This is the one where um, his sister, I think he asked her to help sew a thousand dollars of bills into the sleeve of his coat because that's what she said to do. Some of these people are kind of local to me. Actually. They are. That's why that's yeah. actually why I'm like giving the the things here because it's around the Midwest. Yeah. Um he had a heavier a heavier silver watch um with the initials PL in it and they found that later. Emil Tell was from Kansas. She got $5,000 out of him. Apparently oh, Apparently there was some dude they saw with a pointed beard and I guess that was him. Oh, okay. Um just all these people. Now, something I want to note here is that she was very famous around town for her sausages. Oh, she shit. had a, she had a hog farm. Like that was her thing uh-huh. that she wanted to do. So Nobody ever really said anything about that, but you know. So anyway, was she like? I think was she the one that like fed the people to her hogs, or they thought that's what was going on? Maybe, or was she just burying them? Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. So how many years did this go on? Well, that's the thing. Like it, the ads went on from whenever it was that Peter, her second husband, died. So that would have been, let's see, 1902. So six okay. years. Six, six years. years this went on. It to riches and killing people. Right. So six or seven years is really what it boils down to. But let's go back to this Ray Lampier, the guy with the crazy eyes, the okay. fabulous mustache guy. Ray was 11 years younger than her, actually. Okay. So I can see that, you know, but like I said, he was enamored with her and they'd been very close. Like he was living there. He was helping her. But I guess he started to get annoyed with this whole situation where they were basically these other dudes would come to stay at her house. And Ray was like, what the fuck? And she would tell him, I guess, to like go sleep in the barn. And so he was normally like sleeping with her, but. When the guys would come, he had to go sleep in the barn. Yeah. So he was, he was pretty whooped. So he would do it, but then he started to get mad. And I think he started running his mouth maybe at the tavern or something like that. But things started to get out of control. Um, And so she thought things were going to start unraveling. So what she did 
was that she went to the cops and she said her and Ray had had a fight. She kicked him out of the house and she went and told them that he, he's out of control. Um, she was trying to have him declared insane. She wanted a protection order. She said something like, he's deaf, blind, deformed, and crazy. <laughs> deformed? <laughs> like she cared about him enough not to murder him, huh? Yeah. She cared about him enough not to murder him, I, I I guess. I mean, he didn't have money. He had, like, he ran the farm. He ran the farm. So, yeah, I guess. But, like, she could find somebody else to do that if she needed she, to. And she did. She got this other guy named, like, Joel, Joe Maxson, I think his name was, or whatever. Okay. So, Joe Maxson wasn't really at the house very long at all. We'll find out here. But I just wanted to to give you the idea that her and Ray had a big falling out. He was upset, you know, because he loves her and all this other stuff. Um, this was in 1909. So I guess, yeah, this went on for about six or seven years. On April 27th of 1909, uh, Belle goes and she wants to go meet up with a lawyer to have a will drawn up. And she does this and she tells everybody that will listen that she's doing it because of of Lampier's behavior. He's making her nervous. Um, she said she wanted to prepare for an eventuality because she's afraid that fool Lampier is going to kill me and burn my okay. house. She was very specific. Did mm-hmm. I also mention that she had like like a barn in a boat barn or something that also burned to the ground that she got insurance money for? I know that, the, well, you said like a house and a confectionery. No, this was like a thing. whole other one. This was at her. So this farm. is like at the new farm. There was a mm-hmm. another barn that burned down already. Okay, sounds good. I get it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so she has this will made up. The very next day, she went out and bought a bunch of presents for the kids. Now this this is according to Joel or Joe Maxson Maxson or something. That's his name. Yeah, I'm sorry. I tried to find a lot of information about him, but it turns out he's really not that important. Sorry, man. So she went and bought a bunch of presents for the kids. She brought him like a special dinner. I think she bought them treats like oranges or something. Oh, um, she played a special game with them that night and did this stuff a couple of days before this when her and Ray were still or her Ray came back around. Right. Ray came back around and mm-hmm. I think that what happened here is that she was like okay shit's getting real ray you and i need to have a talk like i need to i need an out here and i need your help because now you've been running your mouth we're both in this together you've been helping me bury dudes and stuff yeah i'm sure he was getting a cut so according to him they worked out a special arrangement and part of this arrangement was finding a housekeeper for her. Some okay. people saw her. Some people saw her in town. According to Ray, they went up to Chicago and hired this woman and brought her back to be the housekeeper. Some yeah. of the neighbors had seen her with a woman riding around. One of them, they actually stopped and commented on their garden, like, oh, your flowers are lovely. Yeah. You know, this kind of thing and and whatever. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Like, where did the housekeeper go? Hmm. Anyway, in the middle of the night, Maxon smells some burning. This is on the 28th, the day that that the special dinner had and all the other stuff. Yeah. He smells smoke. He runs out. He goes to get help. 
by the time they get back and they're able to like you know find out what the fuck is going on they're like oh fuck there's three kids in the basement and a decapitated woman like that's the remains that they find everyone's like okay uh now what so they decide they're gonna look for the head like that's what prompts this whole thing these are just like remains right so there's like the decap but they're all dead right they're all dead and burned they're dead and like I think they could still the kids see and the decapitation. Yeah. Like it was like burned up charred of the kids and stuff yeah. and also of the woman. So like cuz they could tell like the the size of the woman which was a little bit different yeah. than uh than Bell. So they're looking for this head. And so they go looking around, you know, I think maybe some people were like they're like okay, where are we going to look? They look out near the hog pen and stuff and oh my god there's body parts like they just start pulling up parts and they're oh like god. what the fuck is going on here and then all of a sudden do you see the picture no i still just see the picture of her and the kids <gasps> oh my god why okay. did you show me that because i wanted you to oh, be can you just put that away though no yeah that's that's oh, Andrew. I can't Hugg- look at it. Huggling. I'm like hiding okay. it in my pop filter so I don't have to look at it. Okay. okay. All right. So here's okay, the head. You. Oh, why? Why are you doing? Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. It's over. It's okay. over. Okay. Those aren't as bad. That was Bud. That was Bud's head. The old guy. Oh, I wiggle. Oh, uh, anyway. So Andrew's brother, his name is Aslick. i'm sorry i'm sorry if your name is that i think that's how you say it i had a lot of people actually say how to say it and i think it's astley okay um he was mad because he knew that his brother disappeared and and he heard about this farm like where they were finding all these bodies and he's like you know went there and that's when they found his brother and that's how they found him and it was horrifying like, I'm not saying go look at it, yeah. obviously. I did it for a reason. I put it on the screen because I thought you were going to... Gonna... So you're going to hear me scream, basically. No, I thought you were going to make that one particular scream that you make where you go, Ugh! Yeah, I don't know why I didn't do that one, but still, ah, I don't like it. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was going to be much more like that and funnier, but you actually had a very visceral reaction. <laughs> I, I say, like, go ahead, look these pictures up, but just be warned that they are fucking gross. They are fucking gross because there's, like, like jumbled putrefied body parts. They're, like, she knew how to wrap the stuff up like she was a hunter. I guess she would, like, drain the blood and they were, like, naked torsos wrapped in burlap and they were, like, heads and arms, like, all scattered <gasps> around and they were, like, drippy and gross. Anyway, so... Lampier is the only man left standing, right? So initially they were going to charge him with murder and and arson, but he had like a really good defense. Um, He sat like the summer out in the fall waiting for trial to start. And he was like, hey, did anybody notice that this bitch without the head, like she's six inches shorter than the Beast Bell? Ha. That was a good Beast (laughs) Bell. That was a good one. Yeah. So she was just trying to like fake her own death, basically. Right. So there's your reasonable doubt. And then there was some guy that came in suddenly 
that was like, I know, I'll look for her teeth and that will prove. So I think she was banging some other dude in town and that he was in on it too because they came in and found these this bridge work that are fake teeth. And by all reasonable accounts, they should have melted. Yeah. In the fire, according to some people. So they did find these. And then here's the very last thing that I'm going to freak you out about. Okay, oh, no. brace yourself. Brace yourself. Mm. Do you see it yet? What is it? It's a bunch of rings, and I'm afraid of rings. <laughs> I have a phobia. <laughs> And I know it's not normal, but I ah, like rings that go in your hands. I don't like it. I don't like it. So they found, I put them on here for a reason. Ah. These are all the rings. They found these rings like with the body parts. Mm. Um, so that's what I did. I, I put a picture of a bunch of rings on the screen so that I could upset my sister, which is really fucking weird. Okay. That's all. That that's the end of the gross pictures. I won't send them. Okay, so how did like how did she get caught? How did how did this end? Okay, so uh, Lampier was actually convicted of arson, and even though it was very likely that Bell actually set the fire, he did have like he had a deathbed confession because he did die like a year after this of tuberculosis. Oh, okay. Um, in prison. So a year in, he was like, hey, somebody get me a priest or whatever. And he told that priest that he and Belle had gotten together, that he did help her bury the victims, but he never killed them. And he said that she'd been killing for years, that she usually would use like chloroform and then she would kill them with like a cleaver afterwards, which makes sense. She had really good butchery skills which she totally honed um and he would help her like bury bury the pieces and then the killing sometimes triggered insurance payments and other times uh bell killed the suitors um that had like large amounts of cash on them and then when the police began nosing around bell because he couldn't keep his mouth shut they forgot their differences and they worked out an escape plan so they were supposed to be like, you know, elope or something. And they had this plan that they were going to uh, kill the, the three children, you know, just that. Yeah. And that they were also going to find this woman, the housekeeper, to use as a decoy. And then they would just, you know, cut off her head and then they would leave the dental bridge around so that people wouldn't know. And then they would just dump the head in a swamp. Nobody ever found the head. Yeah. Did they ever find Belle? No. Not so really. she got away with it. Maybe. Okay. So Lampiers said that he torched the place and that they were supposed to meet at a crossroads. And instead, this bitch cut across a deserted woodland and ditched him. And she had all the cash. Like, she had pulled all the money out before this happened. That was the other thing she did that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said that there were 42 people in total. Holy shit. Yeah. This set off a thing like while people were digging for the bodies, it actually became like this big old party. They literally had like 
thousand people came down and just sat on the banks and were just like watching them dig up body parts. They made it like a big carnival. They had like food and beverages. So maybe they were using a calliophone out there with all those people. Oh, maybe they were. I'm not really sure. I can't remember exactly what year the calliophone came out, but it was around about there. And this was a carny atmosphere. Yeah, that seems like kind of a carny atmosphere. People just trying to find their missing family members. Right. So there were people from all over the country that were basically looking. And but they just stopped digging after they found like 11 bodies. I think they got tired of like (laughs) jigsaw and peeps back together or something like that. But so they just decided to give up and not not try to finish up the job. Yeah. And also it was like a big spectacle. Um, But one of the bodies that they did find in there was Jenny, the oldest, (sighs) the oldest daughter. So um, I guess Jenny was like 18 or 16 when she died. Like I started this like wanting to like believe that she just hated men and that she was like still being a good mom. But that just like those, that was just, it was crushed, just crushed. No, she was awful. So I'm glad that nothing really horrific happened to you as a Scorpio and the youngest child. Yeah. I know you've had some bad boyfriends, but geez. Like I can understand maybe wanting to kill some boyfriends, but not children. No, she just called her. The part that blew my mind is that she went out and, you know, bought them presents and did whatever. It was like, she had some sort of affection for them, but not enough to keep her from, yeah. you know, saving herself. What the f- this is seriously just, I just, I don't fucking get it. I don't fucking get it. But who gets monsters, right? That's why we get intrigued by these people. Correct. Correct. So another weird thing that they, they were pulling these skulls out and apparently they were like, yo, these are, these are Scandinavian foreheads on these skulls. <laughs> And I'm like, he's a Viking forehead. Yes, it was basically like he has a Viking forehead. And and my husband is a forensic anthropologist and he specializes in bones. We'll have him on it at some point. Um, But I asked him about this and I was kind of proud because I actually taught him something about Viking foreheads. Good job. And now he's going to have to like, do you think he's going to go research it more? Yes. That's my guess. Yeah. I, I want him to. Because I'm like, I, I, I've heard a lot of things about other uh, foreheads. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, like, I, I understand what you mean. Like, I, I've heard a lot about, like, finding bone structure from other places. But, like, as far as, like, Europe goes, I guess I thought we were all somewhat similar in that way. So he still said that, that they are somewhat similar. And so I do want him to find out more about this. I don't know if they just meant like, oh, yep, these are like, you know, European white people, or if it was literally like, oh, these are Scandinavian foreheads. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's see here. The bridge work that was found, though, that was ID'd by her dentist. Okay. They did say that that was her bridge work. However, the dead body that they found was more like a 140 pound lady. And like I said, was about. (laughs) six inches shorter even with the head missing um the body was so i mean it's kind of a weird thing but like the sheriff in the town i think that he was like a republican 
And all the Republicans that were like up for um, getting elected in that year, they were all for saying that Bell was dead. I think it was, in my opinion, it was probably like, we did our job, case closed, this is done. Yeah. But then um, all of the Democrats in the town were were fighting with them because they were like, no, she got away with it. She ran away. So she became a political issue. She did. She became a political issue. And actually the sheriff won. And so he was basically like, case closed, not looking for her. And so that's why she was never found. Mm, yeah, probably. Yeah. He should have been putting like all this effort into finding her. What what year was it that this thing all ended? Like how old was she? Uh, 48. She was 48. Oh, she was 48. Yeah. So she had, I mean, she had quite a bit of life left. I wonder, like, who knows if she went on to just like kill other people. Well, I'm going to tell you something. <gasps> yes. Oh. So there's like, at this point, it becomes a big thing, like all over the country and even like Canada in the Canada and <laughs> Mexico and stuff. People are like, she's everywhere. There was actually a one Herald headline that read, Mrs. Gunness, very numerous. That's what it said. <laughs> very numerous. Very numerous. <laughs> she she was cited in 48 states in Canada and Mexico she would be like on a boat. She would be on a train next to somewhere. She would be here. She'd be there. She was all over the place. People were thinking there was actually one lady on a train that they like, they like snagged her up and she actually sued, I think the police department because she was like, I'm not her. Holy shit. Yeah. People were going crazy over it. So it turns out that she basically outsmarted everyone probably. Yeah, is my guess. And there are there's some speculation that she may have lived out some of her days in Mississippi on a farm. But in particular, there is this woman who no records of her supposedly existed until after 1908. Okay. And her name was Esther Carlson. And in 1931, she was arrested on charges of poisoning a man. Oh, yeah. So she is strongly believed to be Belle Gunness. But there's no like mug shots or anything. Yes, there is a, a picture of her. And let's see. I did. I closed down my thing. I'm sorry. Okay. No. What was over. the last name though? Esther. What's the last so name? Look up Esther Carlson, which still uh, a Norwegian name. If she just decided to like stop eating food. Okay. But I actually, I had my husband look at, at this too. Yeah. We were looking at all the different, cause he had, you know, he had worked with some age progression stuff before too. So we were like analyzing her, her photo and he was upset cause he couldn't see her earlobes. Yeah, he does. He talks about the earlobes a lot, but the nose just looks really very much different. So some things that happen when you age, I guess, like your nose keeps growing and so does your your earlobes get bigger, right? So your nose gets bigger, your ears get bigger, which I'm yeah. not looking forward to either of those. But her nose like did seem to like get longer. And then, you know, if you're looking at the muscle structure of a face, like you lose all those fatty deposits on your face and... Like, I could see it. Like, look at the little fold next to her mouth. Like, they start really low. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's just I'm not weird. 100% like, she's, convinced. 
she's the same age. Oh, and then if you look up a picture of Nellie, her sister, as an old woman, that's what really puts the nail in the coffin. Oh, okay. Because I'm like looking at even like the hairline and that just doesn't look the eye set does, but the hairline, and maybe she just did something different in this picture that I saw. Okay. So if I look up, what's the sister's name? Her, just look up uh, old lady Bell Gunna's sister, Nellie. Okay. There was something in particular. Anyway, if you find it and you look at the two old women next to each other, it is kind of creepy. They do, the two sisters, if they are in fact sisters, do yeah. look a lot alike. I could see that. But in 2007, just for funsies, there was a forensic team from the University of Indianapolis and they decided to dig up the headless body, which is gross. Um, Yeah, that's gross. And what they were doing was they were trying to get DNA from that. But then they also had like an old letter from Belle that they assumed was licked and sealed and shut by her. So they were trying to do a DNA um, match, but they did not have a viable DNA, you know, profile that they got off of the dead body or the envelope because it was really old and gross. So this is one of those things we're just never going to know. Yeah. But let's go back to new age. You know, we're going to go right back to current times-ish well, not really current times, but current-ish, uh, the documentary that I was watching, the people that were living in the old house that was built on the foundation. Yeah. Remember that? Uh-huh. Yeah. They actually have like like a motocross track in their garden in the backyard. Okay. I don't know what that has to do with anything. That's but just I interesting. Just saw it somewhere. I was like wondering was if maybe ghosts just like pop up in front of them while they're motocrossing. <laughs> Could you imagine? You're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Anyway, so apparently they needed to keep digging for more bones because they had this little white dog and their dog found like a child's thigh bone. It was just like chomping it. I could laugh if it wasn't a child's. Like if it would have been the grown man, I would have felt more comfortable with that. But this is, that's just, oh, fuck. The the gross part about it is that they found like this is something that nobody talked about, but it appeared that they found like more children's bones when they were digging stuff up than the amount of children that she actually had. Did any of these suitors bring their children with? Like maybe they were like widowers mm-hmm. and they brought their kids with to visit her when they came back? It didn't say that they did. Oh, but. I mean, but then again, what if she was still like doing things with people's kids? I mean, that's always God. What a bitch! I know she's a horrible, horrible, horrible human being. That's for sure. I hope she got some kind of like. I hope that the this Esther person wasn't her, and that she just had like some kind of like horrible, awful way to die happen to her, like a disease of some sort that was just terrible. She's a big old poopy sack. I hope she died of diarrhea, like painful diarrhea that lasted days that she had to shit out into an outhouse. Yes. That's how I hope I she hope died. so too. And that she had meat sweats while she was doing it. Yeah. I'm going to need to start getting some sage to like burn in my house after we have these conversations where I'm like cursing dead murderers. But yes. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so other stuff that happened, I think they also found like a denture bridge 
on the property, the people that lived there like in recent times. Can you imagine? Like anyway, they just gave said, up on digging. So yeah, they're gonna find a ton of stuff. The mom at the house was just like, well, you know, I can usually put it out of my mind. She's like, except for if I have to go outside at night for whatever reason. She's like, sometimes if I'm alone outside, I'm just like, oh fuck, I gotta get back in the house. This is her, is so her house like isn't haunted or anything inside. Uh, yeah, it is. Oh, but she's just chilling with that. She said that they she said that they pretty much would not go in the basement because there were multiple people that when they go in the basement, it makes them ill. Like they get sick to their stomach. Uh, and then here's the worst part is her son. When he was little, he would like talk to the ghosts. So her son like saw all the ghosts when he was little. I guess. Like all of yeah. them. Can you, if he saw all of them, dude, there's so many dead people. I know. On I was property. just thinking, do you think, did they say anything about like him, like playing with the little ghost children? No. Okay. That's what I thought you were going to go with it. No, (laughs) no. Either way, this is a pretty fucked up case, huh? All right. So I think that we should end our episodes with a lessons learned. What did you learn today? I learned that you got to be careful with people with insurance money. I'm not good at like digging deep for lessons learned. What lesson did you learn? I learned that I was much... (laughs) I was much more disturbed by those pictures than I thought I would be. They were severely disturbing, like to the point where I'm not going to post everything that she showed me today. No, um, don't. I'll post like a couple of the pictures we talked about, but like the dead body photos that she showed me, those, those you can go out and, and Google things if you want to. You but, can go your whole life without ever seeing that drippy ass mess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I actually oh. put it into the thing this morning, uh, into the PowerPoint or whatever, um, I actually was like alarmed and almost fell off my chair. I was like, oh, that's not okay. Yeah. It was really big on my screen. I do like that you shared it though, because it gives me some things to like add, you know, to I just to our social media. I, just feel like- I might I might have to do that with some of mine coming up. Because the thing about it is that, like, you hear about so many murders, you hear about so many things, and so you're like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, she poisoned some dudes, she did whatever, but that really put it in perspective for me. It does, like, it it makes you realize, like, like we do, we, we cover these old cases, and yeah, we're a little bit more lighthearted about it than we maybe should be. We've We've learned through personal experience that using humor to deal with scarier issues like that, I guess, have... It's, it's gotten us through, I think, but yeah, like at the end of the day, like, even if you're a survivor or something like that, like, yes, there's humor, but there's also people at the other end of it too. Yes. All of those gross things were people at one point in time, which is really sad. Yeah, I'm not saying that we're not going to keep it light, but you know, um, it's, it grounds you too at the same time. So, so we're going to need more micro douches. So you better come up with some of those funny stories. Okay. Okay. I'll try to find some, some micro douches. Our next episode is actually going to be, um, not, not really quite as it's not murdery, but paranormal, which is interesting because it's me doing it. I I'll tell you a little bit more about why I'm, I'm covering it, even though it's something that generally scare me. So I'm super excited to share that with you guys next time. Um, do you have anything else to add to the story before we wrap it up? Nope. It was gross. All right, cool. So I just want to get a little plug in for our 
social media really quick before we go. Um, we did add to our accounts this week. So as usual, we've got a couple here. So um, feel free to give us an email. If you want to send like a story that you just want us to hear, we would love that. Maybe we'll share those on the air at some point. Otherwise, if you just want to tell us like that you like us or you like us and there's something a little bit different that you want you us to like do. Us if you super hate us, just fuck off. I, f- I feel like you haven't gotten to the end of the episode, but if you super hate us, just fuck off. Don't write me an email. But okay. So that one's going to be weird shit. My mom says at gmail.com. We're also on the Instagram. Our handle on Instagram is weird shit. My mom says podcast on Twitter. We are weird shit. M M S pod. Again, that's weird shit MMS pod because we couldn't fit the whole name. And then we have a Facebook page now as well. This one wouldn't let me use the word shit in the title. So um, this one <laughs> is facebook.com slash weird shit. My mom says pod. You're going to leave the eye out of shit. So facebook.com slash weird shit. My mom says pod. Leave the eye out of shit. You'll find it. Yeah, you'll find it. Yeah. So find us out in the world, like us, follow us on whatever you're listening to us on. And we're going to be super excited to see you next time. Um, and yeah, we, we, we got through this nice long episode. I think this is going to be a long one once we put it together. So. Okay. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Tell your friends. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.